Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I am your host today, Kathy McCabe, and today I'm going to be speaking with my guest, the wonderful Bill Michaels. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bill today. Bill's responsible for Maloco's retail media platform, where he currently oversees both the product and the business development functions. Bill brings more than two decades of successful leadership across product management and data strategy and business development at some of the most definitive companies in advertising and search. Previously, EVP of product at the Trade Desk, where he touched multiple product areas from identity to CTV. And before that, he was the chief data officer at Foursquare after it merged with Factual, where he was the chief operating officer responsible for product, engineering and data partnerships. So lots of uh, accolades there. And also having worked as a senior director of product management at Yahoo, working on search, where he launched and led Yahoo Boss and international search monetization, and also working at UBS in equity research, covering both technology and telecom. So Bill holds an MBA from Columbia Business School and a BA from Colby College. He lives in Southern California and works really closely with the Monaco's retail media business and product teams across the globe. So amazing. Welcome to the show, Bill. Wow. Thanks so much, Kathy. Thanks for the nice intro. It's uh, longer than I thought, but it was great to hear it. And I appreciate, I appreciate the, the nice accolades there. It was nice of you to say. An outstanding career path, I think. And uh, what, what's been your most, your biggest highlight, do you think? Oh, geez. Biggest highlights? I, I don't know. I think I always have enjoyed sort of launching and working on building out new businesses. So I draw on those right now. I think we're doing some really enjoying a highlight of uh, building out the retail media platform at Bloco. We're seeing great traction and great progress there for all of our customers. Yahoo is a great one too. We built out a whole new search set of APIs. That was fun. Factual was different. It was also really fun. We went from zero to to a large business around a large data business. That was definitely a highlight. And the first time I sort of started from no product to actually building or, or no like under a 10 person company to building it to a much larger one. And then yeah, Trade Desk is a special place too. They've got a fantastic product, fantastic business, and I learned I learned a ton there working with my colleagues there. So I don't know. I touched on all of them, but I think the theme is it's, it's always nice to see something you work on come to fruition and to make customers happy and to build a healthy business. Amazing. Amazing. So I guess um, obviously one of the key topics at the moment is what, what are your thoughts around you know the current state of retail? What kind of trends did you see? in 2022 and what do you think that's gonna you know gonna come to us in 2023 good question and let me come at it i guess so kathy i i come at this from the ad side so i follow some of the macro trends in retail just in general but i'm going to be able to speak to, to to more on the advertising side so yes i retail like on the macro side i think we're seeing this sort of slight pullback from the, the COVID surge which especially on e-commerce, but every data point I've seen, which is pretty fascinating is that, you know, really if you just sort of, there was this big bump for COVID and then a leveling, but if you just look at it, it's still a very healthy, healthy growth year over year. So all the businesses in aggregate themselves are doing incredibly well, even though they may be slightly flat, especially the e-commerce ones year over year. So you know, the way I think of that is the trend towards online and through mobile apps is continues. 
I would think also sort of the, how these customers acquire users is co- and new customers is constantly evolving and changing. So they've navigated through a lot of changes on how mobile privacy works and how they leverage those advertising tools, whether it's Meta and Google and, and on the open internet to effectively grow their business is always in, changing. And I think 23 will be another another level change of that. I think retail media plays a big part in that. Let's see. I think obviously there's macro stuff going on. So interest rates continue to be rising around the world. That plays into how people consider their spending. So I don't know if, um, you know, it depends on the type of retailer, whether you're how subject to that you are, of whether it's discretionary or must spending, but each of them are going to have to navigate through how consumers consider their own their own personal P&L and how that impacts them, you know, their business, but also it also plays into like how they want to spend their advertising dollars to get the most return on it based on how their consumers are acting. I guess those are some high level points. And it's, yeah, it's, it's all these different aspects of the economy and the products are all playing out in real time all the time. So it's, it's great. It's fascinating to see them constantly changing and kind of see how the earnings come in each quarter and what the different trends are. And do you see much difference across the globe in terms of, you know, between Europe and APEC or the US, or is it pretty much the same? There are differences. I would say I'll speak to it from the advertising perspective. So there are multiple, a lot of retailers are seeing how much money and how much profit can be made from having a healthy ads business on their properties. Amazon is probably the the leading example there. I think they finished the year close to, it was 38 billion. So getting really close to a $40 billion ads business, that's way more profitable than their existing retail business or AWS business, even for that matter. So other retailers are taking notice and they're saying, oh, you know, I have a high volume, low margin business. How do I supplement that P&L with a a very, very rich, high margin revenue stream? So they're looking at ways to to do this, but at the same time, not hurt their GMV, to not hurt their consumer experience. They don't want to jeopardize their course. They're looking for intelligent ways to layer it in. That trend continues. And I, to your question of like how it differs, I would say in the U.S., there's probably maybe a year or so ahead where we saw last year lots of launches of multiple retail media networks as advertisers launch these and try to figure out how they can build businesses around them. And so Europe is not far behind. We're seeing those launch there too. And in APAC, we're, we're seeing that coming as well. So maybe it's just a staggering of how we're seeing these mm-hmm. launches. And then we'll start over time. We'll probably start to see if how the products they build are slightly different too. Okay. Interesting. And, and I know you, obviously, you're in terms of building retail media platforms is your primary focus at Maloke. Can you talk a little bit about what that means, you know, what, what they are yeah. and how they can benefit? Brands? Yeah, exactly. So what we do is, so I'll go back to every commerce platform. It could be a retailer, but it could be other types of commerce. It could be food delivery, could be travel platforms. Anywhere there's a, a group of you've attracted consumers to look for goods and services in a platform, and that's provided by a set of merchants. Um, so what we do is at, we help those companies launch a, a performance-based automated ads product inside their platform. So if you have users, if you have a merchant base and you want to include an ads business in there, we give you like a, a ready-to-go business that you can start selling ads that are we think as very performant and very relevant to your users that give you a durable high margin revenue stream to include. And I'll give you an example. So like right now we'll work with platforms. We can see anywhere up to 5% of their GMV 
you can earn an ads revenue. That ads revenue can 75% or higher gross margin. So we're seeing companies launch these ad revenue streams with just a couple headcount on them and then collecting revenue, you know, yeah, like I said, up to 5% of your GMV. So it can be really effective means to supplement your core business. And then yeah, there's a couple models on how to do it. What, what Maloco does is we'll give you the tools and the machine learning so to make sure that those ads are relevant and performant. So what we mean by that is we want to show ads in front of your users that are they're highly predictive of what we think they're going to click on and what they're going to buy. So it helps. It's a good user experience is one so that, you know, that you're seeing things that are not jarring, that you're seeing things that are great suggestions. You're able to pull in sort of item discovery, skew discovery there. But also it's great for the advertiser. It's the advertisers spending and they're seeing really high return. We see an average on, on the live platforms we have now, 800 plus percent return on ad spend on what they for those merchants. So it's, I think of it as a three-leg stool there. You have the commerce platform itself. It's getting this super high margin revenue stream. You have the merchants or the that are advertising uh, in that platform. They're getting high return on that ad spend and that 800%. And then there's the user there too that's you know discovering new products that's having a, a relevant user experience inside the platform. So if, if done right, now you can balance all three of those and really have a durable business line there. And it's great. You know, it's a big trend. Obviously, it's been going on in the U.S. now for a little bit longer, but it's expanding and it's also evolving where it's becoming more performance based and less, I would call it brand awareness based. And I, I can go into those distinctions a little bit yeah. too later. Okay. And that's really interesting. And I guess, um, you know, how do you find it challenging to sort of um, encourage retail brands to experiment with this? Or is it something that they're quite open to? You know, how does it compare with sort of more traditional marketplaces? Yeah, good question. So we think of it as there's one divide, which is first party retailers and third party retailers. So first party being you hold inventory, third party being you're more of a, a marketplace. You don't hold the inventory, it's a set of merchants. So we work with both. The distinction, though, we, we are seeing better success with the third party because they have a, that captive set of advertisers already. Those suppliers or the merchants that are that are giving them those products are in a merchant portal. They go to that site and they, they manage their sales and they see what they're earning through that platform. And then when you give them a tool inside that portal to go start advertising or promoting their products, it's very sort of organic and native to that experience. So you have this captive set of audience and right away you can turn on that, that ad spend right away. And they can track inside of it the return they're getting. And you know you don't need like as much of a, or any really dedicated sales team to go find them. If you're buying through a wholesaler and you're doing wholesale, then you do need a sales team to go out and say, okay, great. I don't know, you may not know this, but your product sells in my store and you may want to buy banner ads. And you know, we can give you we can give you data and metrics around how that return is you're getting inside of it, but you don't have as much of that organic relationship already existing. So it's a lot easier to turn on for what I'd call like these marketplace commerce platforms. Okay, interesting. And you mentioned earlier, you know, in terms of how technology is evolving and things like AI um, and machine learning and how does that make, can you give some examples of how that yeah. is really making it easier to drive sort of personalization? Yep. Yeah, good question. And I try to frame it this way. And I, you know, in general, you try not to focus on the technology, you try to focus on what is the problem you're solving. 
what is the solution you're you're providing to somebody? So we solve these problems through machine learning and generative AI. But what it is, is we're, we're making predictions around what is the right product to show to the right person in that commerce marketplace or platform. So where we leverage it heavily is, is if you're in, let's say, a food delivery app or a retail app, we're going to show you suggested products in the form of ads, right? But it, it has the product name and the detail, right? It's, it's called out as an ad, but it does have, it's more than just a generic banner. It's got details of the product. We're going to give you a prediction of what we think you're most likely to engage with, most, most likely to, to convert to and buy from. And that's based off of every event we've seen in that platform. Our models would then train off of every browse, search, add to cart, and purchase. Uh, we see all those in real time, and we update that model multiple times throughout the day as all these training events come in. And it allows us to put that much more of a, a relevant prediction in front of you. It's subtle, but you try to think of this as like early on, you know, what you could do is someone could buy a banner and put it up there and say, here are diapers. And like, okay, I hope people like this. And I, you know, I know and maybe they have some sense of like, I'm going to show this to a group of people I believe to be new moms, right? And that's a good, that's better than nothing. It's like a good, smart way of tactic. And I, I'll put that up there and I'll charge a CPM. For us, it is, we're not sort of putting them in segments or or relying on other data elements. We're, we're making really impression level for that user predictions of what we think they would most likely want to purchase next. And to do that at scale, you have to really invest in a lot of machine learning operations. It's think of it as AI. That is like we run a, a business off this now at pretty very large scale. That happens multiple times every second. So there's not many. I would call it like it's fun to play with Chat GPT and three. And these are really amazing tools. But we actually have them in production, running businesses yeah. right now too. And I don't, you know, I don't know if there's that many actually. This runs off of what we call a transformer model, which is the same one that's in Chat GPT. And so that is, we have one in production that runs our retail media platform business. Just happens that we think that is the perfect model for making predictions on based on image and based on a time series of what we think someone is going to do next. How that plays out for the advertiser too, is it gives them really strong returns. So you mm-hmm. know, 800% mm-hmm. ROAS is, is fantastic. If you can sort of a black box to make money and you will spend more if you can get that return on each ad dollar. So it's it's great for them. And then it's, we see that as the for the retail or commerce platform the best way to build a, a durable, long-lasting, high-margin ads business. It's less dependent on sort of brand budgeting. I'll go back to that diaper example, or or maybe it's like putting banners up. Those are useful, but the business around immediate ROAS or sort of immediate seeing that return is the more durable version. And we see the we see the commerce platforms implement that are are doing better over time. I mean, it's super fascinating. And I think now it's kind of as it continues to evolve, it, it becomes, you know, it's making it, you know, sort of really targeted, it's, you know, really targeted, really relevant. And, and that's what really resonates with, yep, you know, yep. with the end consumer. It, exactly. It's funny. We're trying to pick our vocabulary of how we describe this well. And one sure. thought is maybe we stop saying targeted because there is no targeting in that a human didn't select or someone didn't say, let's target you know, males 35 to this that have bought these products like this in the past. I think that's targeting. This is just a, a guess. Not a, it's a very educated, mm-hmm. predictive, 
guest that goes like, hey, based on all the events I've ever seen of everybody in here, including this person and others that have been updated in the last second, I think that this is has the highest likelihood to please this person to put them in to convert them, right? So it's, it's a prediction more than a targeting. At the end, they yeah. still want the right result. But it's a shift in that framework of how it's built and how it's it's scaled. It's probably it's closer to Google and Facebook have this of how they provide buying for commerce on on their platforms. It's it's predictive that way, and so it's for retailers, which is like fantastic new inventory to do this buying on. You know, we want to give them those same tools that you would use to be buying through through Google and Facebook and a select few others. Yes, I mean, it's, it becomes super relevant, doesn't it? And that's what's really mm-hmm. key, you know, really yeah. key. I mean, that is how Amazon built their large yeah. ad business. Certainly they do brand spend, but the vast majority of it is this this type of model. We also see it in a lot of other sophisticated platforms, whether it's Instacart or DoorDash or Mercado mm-hmm. Libre, Shopee, Alibaba, like all, all around the world. We see the same model getting implemented, but it's... It's something to do it well. You do need access to this, to that this technology, and so they can do it. Not not everybody can. So it's it's a valuable product because we're seeing a lot of these different marketplaces and commerce platforms go live. Amazing, amazing. And what do you think's next for Maloco? Are there sort of other products or solutions that you're particularly yeah. excited about? Or good question. What is next? So yeah, we we have a very healthy uh, what we call. DSP business. That was our first product. So that is buying, helping get outcomes for customers, whether that could be an app install or using a certain amount of a game in it, um, or using an app to a certain amount, like a very ob- objective-based outcome buying. We built a very strong, healthy business around that. The RMP is a new product. We have a long, big roadmap there. We'll be adding tons of features. We've just added sponsored banners and advances mm-hmm. on how we target the ROAS. And then looking to buy offsite as well is one element of the order up there. And then we have another product called Pass Performance Ad Server, which actually helps large, any size, I should say, it helps apps sell performance ads themselves to their, with the, through their own sales teams. So those are our three product areas. They're all sort of have the common backbone of around our machine learning infrastructure. And we think all of those have really great legs and to build many billion dollar businesses on top of and not only uh, help advertisers get great returns, but also help the partners really build out strong advertising um, businesses of their own. Amazing. And is there kind of like an ideal brand or retailer that, that you would talk, you yeah. know, sort of like work with or partner um, with? Good question. Yeah, there's lots of verticals. So and there's lots of geos. So what's great about this business is it replicates everywhere around the world. So any type of retailer, I'll start with that. So especially if they're a, a 3P retailer, they have a good set of existing merchants that provide for them because that's a captive set of advertisers. I'd also characterize it as other verticals as food delivery is a great one. Another commerce platform, the restaurants or the grocery stores are effectively our, our merchants too. They're looking for returns. We're seeing nice implementations also with travel. So where their users come and do search and discovery for different travel destinations, the hotels, for example, are fantastic merchants and they are buyers of performance advertising. And then we're also seeing it in digital goods. So you could think of this as like an app store as an example where people go look for goods and yeah, you want to promote things. You need you know providers in there 
of the apps themselves, or it could be like online games or online tutoring companies, anywhere that they're selling or want to promote a good makes sense. And they're willing to pay for that performance. I'd also characterize we do better when the users are in the platform doing search and discovery. So if they're the more users that are in there and the more time they spend, the better the models and predictions are. So yeah, food delivery apps and the others, they're great. They're not just in and out. Like, you know, you don't just SEO a page and never go back. They have a history. They know what you're using and browsing and before in the past. So it's great signal to build these really nice predictions. So that would sort of be another example of where we do best. We shine best when there's great user events that we can build models around. It's also very privacy safe. Like this is all within the platform, doesn't leave. These are all logged in experiences. And it's also the conversion events are all right there. We see them. We can tell you exactly what your return is on a, with high efficacy. And we there's no sort of slippage or mapping across different device spaces that we need to do. It's a very clean experience and it works well for the advertiser. That's amazing. So if there's a retailer or a brand out there that's listening to this podcast, how do they get in touch? Good question. I guess we could just you can go to moloco, M-O-L-O-C-O.com. You can contact us there. You can actually just feel free to email me, bill.michaels.moloco.com. We'd love to talk to you. We have a fantastic pipeline. And I think we're, yeah, we have a lot of great case studies and examples of how we've helped companies quickly turn on high revenue and high margin revenue streams. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed the conversation tonight. Yeah, likewise. I think I've, I've learned a few things as well. So thank you. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Great. Thanks so much, Kathy. Good. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guests. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.